Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is a man who we are like the buzzing of flies to him, is Drew. Hey. Mr. Drew Salcino. How are you doing, I, sir? Uh, I something something... Hill of Skulls, Sat in a Throne of Blood scourge or something. Scourge of Carpathia. Yeah, 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 the Scourge. We've heard. Sorrow of Mardal. Mardal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Poisoned, yes, stabbed, yes, the shot. Scourge. <laughs> yes, the, yes, we know all this, the Scourge. Wasn't he, you also, me, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> weren't you also Drew the Butch? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Might be the most underappreciated sequel of all time. Uh, it's appreciated. It's... It's it's every time it's you as hear a, someone it's as appreciated as it needs to be. Every time you hear someone mention Ghostbusters, they say it's one really great movie and one not so great movie. That's accurate. I would disagree. That movie. It's it's fine. It's not. Is I'm not saying it's as good as the first one. But no, it stands well enough on its own. It's it's fine, but we we deserve re- better than fine. I think you need to revisit it. I have. Trust me. I it's, I I know my Ghostbusters. It's, it's fantastic. It's fine. Here we are back again, sir. How are you? Opening statements. How how are you? How was your week? Oh, uh, well. You look tired. I am tired. I'm, uh, see, I, I'm not sleeping well. And you could either look at this as a problem or, given my circumstances, you could look at it as training. You know, when you said you were not sleeping well, that would kind of be an opening for a stereotypical joke of, well, you're not sleeping well now. Yep, exactly. You don't know. It could be a coin toss. Yeah, we'll see about that. Either either way. I've heard, like, I've heard equal shares of kids sleep through night fine and kids up all the time. So it's... I'm not not, not betting on it. Let's put it that way. (laughs) I'm, I'm preparing for the worst, so... Uh yeah, I'm 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 tired, man. But it's been a busy week anyway. So uh Friday night, um I had a show with the Long Cold Dark out in Centerville, New York, out in the country. Uh real nice turnout, probably sixty to hundred people out at the fire hall. Cool. Very good times were had. Um we went on a little later than expected, which is never fun because it's kinda like especially with me being kind of on call as it as it as it yes, is right now. Yes, yes, yes. So it's kind of like I'd like to, you know, living that try, deeper lifestyle. Out, but I'd like to, I'd like to get the show going and get home as quickly as I possibly can. Yeah, just in case. But it was great. No, it was great though. Um, everything was was cool. Great, great crowd. We played really well, and um, you know, those are that's a good combination to have. But I didn't go home. I didn't get home until about two a.m. Ouch. And we had a birthing class at Children's Hospital at eight thirty. Oh, so uh, I was. So in, this I is was, like I was not well rested. <laughs> was this the one shot eight hour class? It was. It wasn't that long. They let us out pretty early. We we, we were they they kind of crunched it all into like four or five hours. So and uh, not for nothing, it was basically useless. Yeah, yeah. But it was fun. People watching. Yeah. I got to look around the room and go, these people are having kids. Were you the uh, oldest couple there? Uh, we were not the oldest couple there. Okay. Um, 
we were the furthest along um, in terms of mm. weeks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the oldest couple there already had a kid, which made me wonder what they were doing at a birthing class. Maybe, maybe they, they wanted, didn't go the first time, and it was just like a C-section, or maybe no, because we, we went we went over all that. No, no, no. They we didn't. I didn't ask questions, but they said they already had one, and I was like, oh, so what do you want to know? Yeah, <laughs> like, what can you tell us? Yeah, what? Yeah, why don't you teach the class? Because yeah. and sure enough, there was like some gym class all star kid there too, man. Like this dude, number one dude showed up with a cooler. Like, and he had some, he had some guns on him, you know, like, like he was probably Mr. Fitness guy. So he probably had his, his, his portioned lunch in there or something for all I know. But like him and his wife, I assume was, you know, were, were there and she was kind of fit mom looking too. Yeah. And like gym class all-star over here is like talking to the teacher, the nurse. And she's like, well, you know, I took a, I took a first aid class and I want to be really hands on and I'm not going to be intimidated by blood or anything. And you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's trying to like get all this information. And then like, you know, at the end of the thing, they were offering up, you know, we have the lactation class, we have the bonding class, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. And he's like, I want to take all that. And and all I could think is like this guy, Mr. Mr. Oh, I'm on the one hand. Hey man, it's commendable that you want to be so hands on in this, in this moment of, whatever on the other hand i'm thinking if i'm a doctor i can i i'm not a doctor yeah i'm just in this class but i can already tell this guy's gonna be a total pain in the doctor's you know what in the in, during delivery yep he's gonna be in there probably inquiring about stuff that has zero bearing on anything and telling the job probably telling the doctor how to do his job yeah. to a degree and if i'm the doctor i'm probably like dude i'm a doctor back off man I'm a scientist. <laughs> anyway. It's too early to come full circle, Drew. I'm sorry. It is. I know, right? I know. Anyway. So that was, uh, that was you know, that was, he wasn't even the worst one, but I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to spend the whole show here picking on disgusting people, but there were some gems in the, in the class. Mm. So anyway, uh, that was a good time. Um, somehow I made it through on very little sleep, got home and, uh, Man, Saturday after that is kind of a blur. I don't remember much. <laughs> I think I wanted to do something, and then I ended up not. I don't remember what happened Saturday after I got home from that thing. I, I know I ended up on the couch playing Octopath for quite a bit, and then that's all I remember, really, is playing Octopath for a bit. <laughs> Sunday uh, was a little more productive, though. Um I did get a little bit of sleep, and then I managed to um, get some primer up on the walls down in uh, Cobra Island V3 down there. So, seeing as we are now uh, week, days maybe, away from uh, the little one entering the world, uh, I got to basically spend the rest of this week crunching down there, getting done so I can get the remainder of my stuff out of here down there. So yeah. that this room can now become his room, and then we will have our new shiny Cobra Island Studios downstairs. At least that's the idea. Yeah. We'll see if I can pull it off. We're we're getting we're getting close on time. <laughs> so yeah, that's what's going on. Um, looking forward to Saturday, though. I'll tell you that right now. Saturday being all in the uh, ah yes the wrestling show the independent the bit the largest independent wrestling show ever. So cool. it's going to be on pay-per-view, Fight TV, um, 
Saturday, 7 o'clock Eastern, man. 6 o'clock is actually the uh, zero hour they're calling it. That's going to be for free on WGN America. And everyone basically has that channel. So um, do watch out for that because that's the first hour for free. And then after, if, you, if you're digging it, get the pay-per-view. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a crazy show. Kenny Omega in the semi-main event against Pentagon Jr. That's pretty awesome matchup yes that's gonna be pretty stellar so look forward to that so uh yeah feel free to come on over saturday by the way just may have to Uh uh-huh uh-huh how was your week my week was good um the the week itself relatively uneventful um you know wednesday julie's been doing like uh NT North Tonawanda, the city we live in, does uh, historical walks. I think every other Wednesday, and Julie's been doing that. So when she does that, I, you know, William and I go and to the comic shop at Dave and Adams and pick up our pick up my books, and you know, he gets to see Aunt Virginia and run around <laughs> a bit, and um, got home and you know just read my books. Surprised now that two of the books I enjoy most for Marvel are both dealing with like strange doppelgangers of the main character spider-man, Spider-Man. and daredevil oh okay I'm, um, I'm i'm behind on daredevil so you'll have to yeah avoid spoilers for me they're doing kind of they're doing kind of a deep pull from like years gone by is mike murdoch back <laughs> yes okay yes mike murdoch is back all right and it's cool. not like it's he meets Daredevil. I feel like it's, every writer has one Mike Murdoch take <laughs> when they come on board. I was just quiet because, like, you said you wanted to avoid spoilers. I'm like, I, to, I'm not. I mean, I'm not surprised. Like I said, like yeah. every Daredevil writer has has some kind of like they got to put their spin on the Mike Murdoch gag from the '70s. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's yeah. played out now, guys. We can we can move on anyway. Yeah. So that was that. Um, Friday, we did not do game night. You were at your show. Um, Saturday, my good friend, um, Manuel Marin, sometimes question show writer here to the Devil's Do, him and his wife, Vicky, and my goddaughter, Natalie, came for a visit. All right. And that's probably one thing you were forgetting from Saturday night is I was texting you and be like, hey, man, it's here. You want to meet up? We're doing dessert and coffee. You want to meet up? Yeah, when you yeah when you, when you messaged me, I was literally like about to eat dinner, and I was kind of like, after I eat this, I'm probably going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was going to ask you to dinner, but we ended up going to Anchor Bar. Oh. Ugh. I was, Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. See, and that's why I didn't ask you to dinner. I mean, Manny is technically a tourist, so well, we that's go, why you would we go We didn't there. go to the uh, the downtown Anchor Bar. Oh, we went well, then to, you have no excuse at all. Well, no, I mean, it's <laughs> the way, the wings are fine. It's like Ghostbusters 2. It's fine. It's, <laughs> it's just unexceptional, that's all. <laughs> no, the, the, wings, the wings are good. They are slightly, they're slightly above par for the Buffalo area. And I'd rather go to one of the franchise locations than the original location because, A, it's easier to get to, and, B, we're not paying tourist prices. I mean, you could go to Duff's. I'm not crazy about Duff's. I don't don't have the... To me, Duff's is more about heat than flavor. Oh, I would strongly disagree, but... 
Anyway. Um, so they Probably were in town. Um, they called it kind of an early night, Saturday night. They went back to their hotel around 8 o'clock, which allowed me to actually to get in a game night with my friend Adam. And we played uh, Dice Forge, and we played Unearth. Okay. And it was two of the best games of both I've played. Like, so many resources getting used and, and applied, and it was a really, really good game of both. Um, Sunday, we went to the... Um, the uh, Manny's family came with us to church, and then we went out. We had lunch at Dockside. Have you been to Dockside? No. It's on Sweeney Street in NT. I don't get out to NT often. It's pretty good. I I like it. It's a, it's a nice. It's a really. It's a nice place. It's a new. It's a newer place. Mm. So just the the layout of it's really nice. They got a good menu, and then we all went out to the uh, the Sunflower Patch in Sanborn. This is a, this is a thing, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's it's kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, they have a huge like this massive sunflower patch, and there's you know little local vendors and whatnot. It's a really nice little you know hmm. free fun activity to do. I'll probably be getting well versed in all these very soon. Things that things to do with the kid to get him out of the house. Yeah, take him places like that. I mean, just we'll take see. It. Take them outside and play with them. Well, yeah, but, you know. Although we do both have the same problem. It's like, I could take them out in the backyard and play with them, but then I gotta go pick up the dog crap first. Yep, exactly. You have that problem much more than I do. Yes. Um, So, yeah, I think. And then they headed back to Staten Island uh, Sunday afternoon. I think that was pretty much my weekend. Well, all right. As always, dear listeners, we'd love to hear about your weeks. Uh, we'd love to hear any questions or comments you may have for the show. If you'd like to talk to us, communicate with us, you can do so at the following locations. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Due Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. Give our page a like. You can email us at the devil's due pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devil's due Drew, we do have a couple of emails from the brothers Grimm of the devil's due. Both of them? Both of them. Oh, good. And I'm not talking about the brothers Grimm that wrote the fairy tales. I'm talking about the brothers Grimm, the C list villains from Marvel. Oh, yeah. Okay. See, you, you might be being kind, <laughs> <laughs> but it's said, but it's said with love. Okay. Um, Mr. J. Gelsomino and Mr. Alan waiters. And since he was absent last week, we will start out with Jay this week. Drew and Carl, what is your least favorite animal? Least favorite animal. Least favorite animal. And there's so many animals out there. But what's your least favorite? Um, You're generally an animal person. I am. Yes, I am. And I, I, I'm, I'm friend to all the animals. Really. Um, my least favorite animal. That's a, that's an odd one because are we talking zoo animals, domestic animals? The Just, question is, what is your least favorite animal? Hmm. Um. Well. Let's see. I guess I have to go with, just on personal experience, cats. And it's not that I don't like cats. It's that I'm allergic to cats. 
Mm. And because cats seem to have this impeccable uh, intuition that I'm allergic to them, they immediately are drawn to me. You and, and I like, have the same problem. And they like to cuddle up with me. Yep. And then if I am not properly medicated, I will immediately begin to sneeze and blow snot uncontrollably on, t- on top of itchy eyes and yeah. the whole nine. So, yeah, cats are kind of a problem for me. Anything yep. else? You know, cool. We're cool. All right. Yeah. Uh, my least favorite animal is pretty simple. Snakes. I'm not a fan of snakes either. Snakes. Nope. But I'm not allergic to them. So I'm more allergic to snake venom than I am to cats. So. Well, we don't know that. Yeah. You know what? I don't want to find out. <laughs> I'm, it could be your superpower for all I, we know. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. So, yeah. Snakes. Don't like them. All right, Indy. So, yeah, I've always said two things Indiana Jones and I have in common. We don't like snakes and dashing good looks. Okay. Drew, Fire Pro Wrestling is out. Lives. I don't have it yet, but lives yes, it is. can be changed. This may be the dawn of a new age. If you could cobble together the perfect wrestling game out of all the previous games that have been made, what would it be like? Um, I haven't played Fire Pro yet, so it might be perfect, and I just don't know it yet. Yep. So let's, but just for the sake of, uh, it probably already exists in like modded form. Someone, someone has probably already done this on the internet, and I just haven't found it yet. But let's do a modern graphical presentation of the WWF No Mercy WrestleMania 64 style game with the fully robust customizable options that fire pro offers. And again, with the modern bells and whistles that consoles can provide. So more modern presentation, better graphics and whatnot. Um, let's do that engine with the full fuck the full custom options of fire pro. Uh, yeah, that, I think that that's going to do it right there. I'm sorry, that answer is incorrect. The correct answer was pro wrestling. Just do pro wrestling again. N- no. Starman. Yeah. A, flip a, kick. A, a winner is not you in this regard. Although, if they did, someone should really revive that game with all yeah. the same characters. Yep. Just now. Yep. Why not? Be great. Same characters and same control schemes. Who Keep it basic. Who made that game? That was Nintendo. Was it Nintendo? I'm no, pretty sure it was. No, I'm going to look this up okay. while you read the next question. Yeah. That can't be right. Did you ever play that game with a, with a NES Advantage? No. With the, with the turbos on? <laughs> you could not be beaten. You just press down the button once, hold it down, any move you wanted. Done. Wow. It was Nintendo. They're really sleeping on that franchise in that case. What? I mean, think about that's Can I you, that, That's... Can you call it a franchise, though? I mean, it's a memorable game with original IP that they're just letting sit there. Yeah, I wow, I I feel like ah, what Masato Masuda? Yes, was the programmer, and he thought up of the, the game system. Um, shortly after the release of the game, he left Nintendo to join a company, which later became another company. And that company later made the Fire Pro Wrestling series. There we go. So there you go. In any case, um, that is bizarre. I can't believe Nintendo wouldn't. 
You know what's you know what's funny? Like, Starman, man. Yeah, you know what's funny Amazon, now that I think man. about how have any of those characters never shown up in a Smash? Game? That's what I'm saying. Like you're gonna put the ice climbers in there, but you're not gonna put like Starman in right. there. Right? That's wow. That's weird. That is weird. Huh? Yeah. Well, now we now we learned something. Today. Things you learn, Carl. What is your biggest fear? A telepathic link to a shark out for revenge against your family while family against your family while William is on a banana boat. Meeting Kurt Russell and him not liking you or Harrison Ford coming over to your house only to break your entire X-Wing fleet. Um, uh, biggest fear would probably be the, the shark one. Obviously anything that puts my son in danger. Um, not going to be down with. You ain't getting on no banana boat in Jamaica. I'll say that right now. Um, so, yeah, that would be my biggest fear. The other two would just be extremely unfortunate. But at least I'd get to meet Kurt Russell and Harrison Ford. I wouldn't mind meeting Harrison Ford. I'd just be, you know, smart enough not to talk to him about Star Wars. And don't get a, get If he asks you to get in his plane, no, just say no. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. All right, on to you, Mr. Alan Waiters. What was my question? Your question was the wrestling one. Oh, right. <laughs> Jeez, man, you really are out of it. Yeah, kind of. You're out of it of. for a little while. Everybody gets delusions of grandeur. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Carl and Drew, if you were to open a barcade, what are the essential arcade games you would have? Mm. I, like let's say, I like this question. Let's say we both get six. Six. Okay. We each get six. Give me a we're, second. We're joint opening the Devil's Due Barcade. Okay. Um, we are going to have... Stock out some easy ones first. Street Fighter 2. Well, hang on. I mean, which... I'm going to have... You know what? I'm going to burn two of mine okay. on Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Because you have to have Super Turbo. Yeah. And then I would go uh, Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting. So you're not going to have the Al- last one before Super Street Fighter Two, before Cammy okay. T Hawk, Fei Long, and DJ were induced. So we're not you're not doing Alpha. You're not doing nope. Okay, I only got six slots to full. I'm burning two of them on Street Fighter. All right, fair enough. Keep going then if you want to keep. Um, let's see. Try to think. Uh, Star Wars arcade game, the original, the uh, vector. vector. Yep. Okay. Um. Hmm. I'm still thinking so, you know, fire out a couple of years. Because, I mean, I could think of some, but I don't want to steal any of yours. Okay, well, we're going automatic. Mortal Kombat 2, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, mandatory. Um, Killer Instinct, it's a, it's a tough call if I want to have one and two or wow, one you're or going two. Like three fighting games. I, fighting games were everything in the arcades back in the day. So I think I'm going to go with, you know what? I'm just going to, as, as cool as two is, we're going to go with KI Classic. Killer Instinct 1. Okay. Um. And then I think we have to kind of acknowledge other genres. So we got to have X-Men in there. Sick, the full double screen arcade cab. Okay. The big mamma jamma. If, you, if you're going X-Men, then I'm going Ninja Turtles. Okay. Original fine. Ninja Turtles. Okay. So that's... Yeah, yeah I at, got my own count going. I'm I got at three. Four. I'm I got at three. Four. Okay. Um, I'm also going to have to have... Um, hmm... I'm going to go classic. Which classic do I want? Do I want Donkey Kong or do I want Pac-Man? 
I'm not really enthused about either, yeah. but I feel like they have to be there. You know what I'm going to do for my classic? Robotron. Okay. Robotron can be a zen-like experience. It's just a really fun game. Okay. So that's four for you? Yeah, that's four for me. All right. It's tough. All right. I'm going to... Mm. I'm, I'm going to go... I'm going to go a little like kind of the beginning of the last gasp of true arcades, uh, virtual cop. Ooh. Okay. Virtual cop, as far as light gun games go, virtual cop was top drawer. Let me, let me one up you there. Maybe you, you might want to rethink virtual cop time crisis. Time crisis is good. It's got the pedal. It's, it's virtual. Cop it's got but the better. pedal. I prefer virtual cop. Okay. All right. All right. So that's virtual cop then. Okay. So that's your, that's five for you. Yeah. All right. I need a fifth, and I need I need something. I'm just not really overly enthused about Pac Man or Donkey Kong. I just feel like they have to be there. But you know what's got to be you know what you know what has to be there over both of those in my opinion. What's up? Um, Galaga. Galaga, or however you want to say Galaga. it. That's got to be there. It's a mandatory. Okay. So that's my fifth. My sixth, mm, this is tough. This is definitely tough. Um, I've always had a soft spot for it, and I think it has its place no matter what arcade you're in. I think i got to have Arkanoid in there. Okay. I'm going to go... Sorry, little... sorry, Nintendo. No, hey, that's fine. You're a home I... console company to me. I'm going to go a little outside. Oh, I totally agree with that. A little outside the box, what you might expect from me for my sixth. I'm going to go with Afterburner, Afterburner. the sit-down moving Yes, bar. that's good. That thing was insanely awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it. What's the theme of the bar going to be? What's like, are we going with the theme, or are we just making a... Josie's Pub. Nice. See, 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 see. Nice. We can do it on theme. It's all good. Yep, yep. All right, awesome. Carl. Do you think the Xbox One is dead compared to the Switch and PS4 since other systems have since the other systems have exclusive games? Um, I don't think Xbox One is dead. It's certainly in a distant third place. There's nothing that's I don't really see anything that's really driving Xbox One sales currently other than brand loyalty. But if brand loyalty is your thing, then you already have an Xbox One. I don't really see anything Xbox is doing that's creating any excitement in the industry. But I also think that Xbox is probably going to be Microsoft's last gaming system, Xbox One. Hmm. I don't see them really doing another one because, like, the what was the One S didn't really take off the way they thought it would. And. Uh, they just uh, more and more of their games are available like on steam and and you know you know windows anywhere whatever it's called so i honestly i'd be i wouldn't be like super surprised uh but i would be a little surprised if microsoft did another system oh i don't think they'll abandon ship just yet but they are they definitely uh lost ground in a bad way yeah (laughs) this time around yeah yeah they they did every they looked at everything Sony did wrong last generation and did all that. Yeah. But worse. Yeah. 
So, okay, Drew, mm-hmm. you are working with Kevin Feige on Marvel on Phase Four of the Marvel. Am DCA. I now? I think he means Phase Five because aren't we currently in Phase Four? We're in Phase Three right now. Phase, phase three, Four okay. is coming up. Um, who do you have Captain Marvel as the face of the MCU or the Fantastic? Four. Okay, I think he just mixed up his words here. I think he's asking who do you have as the face of the fantastic of face of the, the face, face of the, face of the MCU, Captain Marvel or the Fantastic Four, and how would you introduce the Fantastic Four and the X Men in Phase? Well, this could go in any number of ways, <laughs> so it's hard to. Uh, uh, like Captain Marvel is going to be cool i'm sure and it's yeah. it's anticipated but she's not really a top tier character in the way that iron man cap and thor are so i but to be fair they, they were not either top, yeah was however however they weren't in terms of pop cultural recognizability compared to say the x-men or spider-man yeah but even in the b the b list that they were on they were certainly much more a known quantity than yeah. Captain Marvel. You could, you'd have a better chance of showing Joe Average on the street a picture of Iron Man and Captain America. Captain America, yes. saying, Who are these? Then a picture of Captain Marvel saying, "Who is If this? they were B list at the time, she was C D list, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, deep pull. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it feels a little weird and. and as a comic fan, not right for this this character to be prominent in the face of a brand over other characters that this brand contains. That's just me. It's just how I feel. Yeah. I look at it like wrestling. You've got your upper card, you got your mid card, and then you got your lower card. Yeah. Some guys just ain't meant for for the top of the card. Yeah. Or, or when someone in the mid card is over someone that should be in the in the, in the upper card, it just it just doesn't look right. Yeah, you're not you're not basing it off of like gender or anything like that. No, you're it's basically just, just on kind of where the character is. Right. It could be like even if you said like, oh, you know, they're doing uh, oh Dark Hawk, he's going to be the face <laughs> of the Phase Four. I'll be like, what are you talking about? Get out of here with that Dark <laughs> Hawk. I don't know. I don't know. He came to mind for some reason. <laughs> I you know I would I would be first in line for a Dark Hawk movie. It could be Captain Marvel, Marvel for you know, classic yeah. one for all I care. He's a man. I don't. I, yeah. I, I'd still be like, that's fine, but that's not the face of the brand. So. Yeah, I think. I think if you're gonna redefine the face of the MCU going forward, it's. I mean, Black Panther. Yeah. It's, oh, absolutely. Put all your chips on Black Panther because yeah. he's already proven, and people yep. people love him. So, but if they if if they're talking about a new face which alan seems to be indicating then i'd say yeah absolutely it's got to be the fantastic four and how would i bring him in well we've talked about this before we've covered this <laughs> we've covered this i, I like think I, I came up with a really good idea i think the infinity gauntlet offers you all the possibilities you could ever want with yeah. reality bending and time bending and whatnot i say at the at the conclusion of the next movie we the our, our our intrepid Avengers win the day and defeat Thanos and in so doing the universe resets itself and a new universe is born. And So you want them to reboot? Yep. Reboot no. the whole thing. No, I'm and take it back to the sixties. Reboot it period. That. No, I'd like uh, it was one episode we were talking about this. I said, 
because we've established that there was a air finger quotes Marvel universe prior to Iron Man mm-hmm. establishing like Ant-Man and you know, the first yeah. Captain America movie. So you just do a period fantastic four film set in the sixties. But then they can and never then, and then at the end of the movie you strand them in the negative zone. And then you what bring them out in modern times? Yes. It's the negative zone, man. Time works differently there. We've so they already got one fish out of water with Cap. I don't need a whole team of them. But Cap's probably going away, so we're so now we have, have another. Now we have four Caps that are all making like old timey jokes and stuff. Yeah. I understood that reference. No, I don't need that. I, but I don't, not I don't, as old timey though. I mean, at this point, dude, it's all relative. I mean, I'm just saying, 1961 to 1945 but, isn't that big of a gap. My, just. I think in this particular case, my version's a little bit better. Yours is kind of a little lazy. Lazy? Dude, they're about to lose all their heavy hitters. I say reboot the thing so you can have the heavy hitters back. Yeah. They're rebooting the X-Men anyway. Well, X-Men, there's, there, most times I will chagrin a reboot. X-Men need a reboot. Sure they do. I'll be the first one online that says X-Men need a reboot. But at the same time, I also think X-Men need to be kept on the shelf, maybe for all of Phase 4. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plan that out. Make, yeah. you know. Sorry, Alan. We, we know you love, love your mutants. They, they're going to have to find a way to make that work. If we got to blow the stink off. Them. If, if, they're, if they're putting them in the MCU, they better have a really good reason why the X-Men in the MCU that we've come to know would be shunned and not accepted. Yeah. The whole thing, the whole concept has never really gelled with me. It's, the, it's a concept that is still applicable it, to this date, but within the Marvel the, universe. Though. Yeah. Well, I was going to say with it, well in the comic universe, but within the context of the MCU, yeah, it doesn't work quite as well. If you really break it down, it doesn't work quite as well in the, in the, the comics either. The Avengers and all these other superpower weirdos are celebrated as heroes all over New York City and the world. But the X-Men, oh, well, they're mutants, so they're evil, and we should... Bad. Naughty, naughty. What? Well, there's sense any, does that make? Any number of parallels you can draw between that and things going on in the real world now. Eh. I mean, look, look what happened in... And unfortunately, again, in, you know, Jacksonville, Florida this past weekend, where we had another shooting event. And, you know, because the the shooter is white, it's the accused shooter, not domestic terrorist. Sure. But he doesn't have power. It's a we're kind of getting crazy. The allegory. All I'm saying is Captain America is super strong, runs super fast, has superpowers. Leader of the Avengers. Yay. Wolverine has claws and can heal fast claws. hot claws i'm sorry pardon me hot claws and, and cyclops can shoot optic blasts but and, and somehow oh no we can't can't trust them though they're they're bad yeah they're there's bad. any number of parallels you can draw between that and what's going on it's in the, the same world. thing though they're, they're both i know they're all the same that's why you can draw the parallels between not, what's going on there and in the real world i, I suppose i'm i guess <laughs> um alan does have a a ps here um, because we were so, some point in our group chat this week, he mentioned, I can't remember what it was, um, but something about J.K. Simmons coming back as J. Joan Jameson. Mm. And I, I mentioned, like, don't get me wrong, I'll, I I love me some J.K. as J.J., but 
am I wrong for kind of wanting to see Danny McBride? No, it was a great idea when we thought of it, and it's still a great idea. (laughs) Um, So his PS here is, I like Carl's idea of Danny McBride as J. Jonah Jameson, but I think J.K. Simmons will return if offered the role since Justice League bombed. I'm pretty sure it was my idea, number one. Number two... No, that was was mine. I don't think so. Because I remember your your reaction was like, I never thought of it, Hmm. and now it's all I want. We'll have to go back and listen to that episode. I think it was our Ant-Man review, I believe. So, yeah. We'll Might have, to, have been. We'll go up to go back. In any case, it was born on this show. And, yes, yeah, I still yes. want it to happen. As many great ideas are. Kevin Feige's listening. He's on the phone. With he is. Daniel like, Bride, right? <laughs> he's like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, it's it's kind of old school comic industry business. He likes our ideas, but he can't credit us because he sure, doesn't sure, want to sure. pay us. I mean. But that's fine. You know, an, an anonymous check, Kevin. That's yeah, all I ask. Yeah. I don't care. One, all we need Just is make it out to cash. Listen, all we need is one dump truck of money. We can split it amongst ourselves. It's fine. Half a Just dump truck. Just one. Half a dump truck is enough. Um, all right. So that does it for the cross examination. Thank you, Alan and Jay, as always. Which brings us on uh, to the case files, the news of the week. And Drew, we're kind of all over the board. Well, let's read like good news, go. bad news. Um, where was she? Start. We'll start on like a small bit of news that will probably stretch out in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like we do. Like we do. Um, Drew, there's a surprise game announcement this week. We got a trailer out of nowhere for Streets of Rage 4. Ah, yeah, I didn't watch it. It's There's not a lot to it. Um, it's a very, it's like, I think it's less than a minute. It shows very little gameplay. Um, Is there a kangaroo? There is not a kangaroo as of yet. There is no truth in this art. I I will have nothing to do with this. I you know what I got a probably not too hot a take for you, but the the kangaroo was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a scorching hot take, Carl. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I I'm going to say something, and you're not going to agree with it, even though it's I'm simply stating a personal preference and not a matter of fact. I always enjoyed Streets of Rage more than Double Dragon. Um, I felt the gameplay was deeper. It better and, be. It was on a 16-bit console. Well, not not only that, just kind of like the design of the game, what you could do in it. Save for Double Dragon 3, which was friggin' awesome. I See, I would... Yeah, I'm going to have to screw it. I hated Double Dragon 3. But oh, come on. The fat guy and the ninja? They yeah, were great. Um, two was, was peak. Anyway, uh, the real comparison, I think, is not that. It's, it's Streets of Rage versus Final Fight. At least that's how I always mm-hmm. imagine it, because they were both on 16-bit consoles. Okay. Um, yeah, I probably... I would take Streets of Rage over Final Fight All right. Wow. as well. Okay. Just because like, Final Fight is... There's not... Like, Streets of Rage, you could do, like, team-up combos and things like that. You can call in a police car with a Gatling gun. Mm-hmm. Um, Final Fight, you could eat a leg of chicken. And and, and destroy a car. You could. You could. Um, but, yeah, I just, like, I always enjoyed that series. I uh, thought it was really good. And I'm looking forward to uh, Streets of Rage 4. Okay. Yeah, Streets of Rage 1 and 2, definitely, if you ever get a chance, folks, go back and play them. Streets of Rage 3, eh, not so much. I'm waiting for the crossover event, the Streets of Primal Rage. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
just T-Rexes and monkeys running around the streets beating the crap out of people. Not going to lie. That's... I'll not... You know what? We need more side-scrolling beat-em-up crossovers. It worked great for Double Dragon and Battletoads. Sure. Come on. Why not? Do it more. I mean, there's also reasons why they don't do things like that, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, just do it. Just do it? Okay. Just... We we can cross uh, we can cross over Street Rage with Final Fight called Final Rage. Final Rage. Final Rage. <laughs> sounds like a it sounds made up. <laughs> or call it Street Fight. Um, I mean, <laughs> we're getting close there. <laughs> we're close, but we're just far enough away. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, Capcom does own one of those, so yeah, they don't and- care. Final Fight 2 was, or Street Fighter 2 was originally Final Fight 2 and it's an original design concept. And yet somehow Hagar never made it into a, a Street Fighter game. Not a Street Fighter proper game, no. That's, 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 that's bizarre to it me. made it into Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Oh, okay. In well, which he was essentially just Zangief. That, it, man, so weird. But, I mean, Zangief was Hagar before Hagar was Zangief, so... Wait, what? Well, Final Fight came out first. Yes, before right. Street Fighter Two. Did I hear? I thought I thought I heard you say Zangief was Hagar before Hagar was Zangief. Is that? Yeah, because Zangief was just basically like as far as a move set go, is very heavily influenced by Hagar. Well, that, that's even in his origin, right? No, he was trained by Hagar. I I think they wove that into his Street Fighter Two bio. I'll have to double check. That's where he learned the spinning pile driver. They may have fought. I'm not sure. No, because Hagar's pile driver does not spin. Not in Final Fight, but well, in, but in canon, <laughs> it does. Not in any game he's appeared in. Google. I'll Google this. Okay, go ahead. Um, but yeah, so fun new beat-em-ups coming out. Um, uh, there's a whole lot of just kind of not fun stuff in the news. So I'll save the next somewhat fun thing I got for last. Uh, Before we move on to other stuff, we'll stop by the old dumpster fire. Drew? Still burning? Still Still burning. burning. Still burning. Um, Alec Baldwin has been cast in the Joker film. Really? And Drew, who would you think Alec Baldwin's going to play in a Joker film? Oh God! Um, Did you do you know? Let me ask you. Start off. Do you know who he's playing? Yes. Okay. Yes, I've I've saw the, I saw the yes. article, and I I I don't. There, there's questions about what's what's going on right now. <laughs> who would he play? Oh, I don't know. The mayor of Gotham City. Mayor of Gotham City, maybe. Uh, you know the um, the head clinician at Arkham Asylum. You know any number of distinguishing. No, he's playing Thomas Wayne. Oh, I could see that. But there's a, there's a wrinkle though, Carl. There there, whatever do you mean, good sir? Oh, I don't know. Uh, apparently, they're gonna spin this version of Thomas Wayne. Uh, he's gonna be like Donald Trump or something. Uh, this is not the version of Thomas Wayne I'm familiar with. No, well, that's what they're get. That's that's. That's what they're doing. Yeah. So we are clearly in Elseworlds territory here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to make of any of this. I um, simply say, no, thank you. 
Yes. We're good. Yes. We're, we, we don't. We don't need this. No. No, we don't need this at all. In any way, shape, or form. All right. So now into some um, unfortunate stuff. We got news this week that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 filming has been delayed, quote, unquote, indefinitely. Yep. So there's a couple different ways to take this. First way, probably the most logical way to take it, is they can't adhere to their originally scheduled filming slate because they currently, as of now, have no director. So they probably just need to push back the filming or the whole startup, pre-production, everything until they get a director. I feel that would be the most logical explanation for it. Yes, but here's the the rub, as it were. Um, When they replaced directors previously, like when Thor 2 lost a director and then when Edgar Wright finally did bow out of Ant-Man, they announced the new directors within days. Yes. Yes. They, if you've paid attention, um, not one report has come out of any director in Hollywood even taking a meeting yeah. regarding Guardians 3. Because they're not going to. Because they know that the way Marvel and Disney specifically handled the situation was very, very dumb. They got played. Yeah. And they got egg on their face. And everyone's kind of saying, like, yeah, no, we're going to. I think ultimately they probably could get someone. Sure. Because once again, dump trucks of money. They dump trucks of money work wonders. And if you there, there was a report that uh, the gentleman who directed uh, Thor Ragnarok. Taika Waititi. Yes. He took a meeting recently with Marvel to discuss another project. Yes. But it was not disclosed what it was. Yeah. The lead rumors are. Thor, th- four, four. Yeah, you said three. Or, yeah, Thor four or you know, Guardians three. It's a safe bet, but I would I would have to imagine he he's probably chummy with Gun two. These guys all yeah. seem to be oh, yeah. in on the yeah. inner sanctum together, and I don't know. I don't think I don't think he would do it. I don't I don't know that. It just yeah. feels like I don't think he would step on the toes like that. I think he would say, you know what. Not for me. Sorry. But I could be, I could be totally wrong. I think uh, another um, another aspect you have to explore with this is the the influence of the cast. Who are pretty... You've uh, got some... Pretty united. High power names in this cast. Uh, I mean, by their powers combined, they form a power level equivalent of Dwayne Johnson... Um, but still, they, they, um, they weren't happy about this decision. No. And the thing is, though, they probably also have some high powered contracts that say you'll do, you're, you're going to you show up to work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know. But like, do any of them, like if, like, do any of them really need those contracts? Like they can. No. Yeah. No, they're all going to get work elsewhere yeah. very easily. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm bummed out. Um, at the very least, I would have hoped they would use James Gunn's script for three. But that seems like even that's not 
yeah. uh, on the table right now. So what do you think? I mean, what do you think Disney's best realistic best play here is? Because you can look at this one of two ways. Is this this is just a temporary inconvenience or this can be the the crack that that starts the avalanche. Um I mean it's kind of two extremes granted, but uh, well they just don't do Guardians 3, that's all. They've got look at it this way. Again, like we said, they've got Cap probably going away, Iron Man probably going away. There's going to be fresh faces showing up any minute now to kind of rebrand the Marvel, the MCU as we know it. So we just don't do Guardians 3 in that case. And we put bring, the... Bring you know, the Star Jammers? Is that what you're uh, no, 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 no. But, um, you know, we hey, we, we have the Fantastic Four now. We have the Silver Surfer now. We can do yeah. Galactus now. So we don't necessarily need the Guardians to be anchoring the cosmic side of things because we have other characters that can do that too. And it's not the best case yeah. scenario, but... Maybe, maybe do a Novacore movie. How much would gee. that tick off DC? Do your Green Lantern film before they do and do it better. I'm actually shocked they haven't done that yet, to be honest with you. I, nope. I kind of thought the Novacore got the, got the short end of the stick uh, in Guardians 1. Like They were just kind of like generic wackies yeah but that but that's not necessarily the real nova core that could yeah. just be you know whatever so richard Ryder's out there somewhere you know <laughs> anyway. zipping around uh i don't know i don't i i don't i don't think this is gonna be any sort of like death knell for marvel or anything like that they're you know but it's but it is an elephant in the room and with when they yeah. start doing press for uh infinity war 2 or whatever it is Sorry, but That's, those questions are going to yeah. get asked. They're going to be asked of the press or of the cast. They're going to be asked of the Russo brothers. Like Kevin Feige is going to be on the hot seat. Uh, they're going to have to come up with something. Which is unfortunate because none of those people had anything to do with this. Right. This exactly. Yeah. Right. They just worked there, man. Yeah. Um, there is a rumor, Carl. Yes. That uh, Bob Iger, head of Disney, right? Okay. He will not be head of Disney forever, or much longer. Allegedly, he's already—I guess—he already extended his uh, tenure longer than he than he wanted to. So they're going to be looking for a new head of Disney. And who do you think is in that discussion to become the new head of Disney? Mm, I don't think Kevin Feige would be. Kathleen Kennedy, Kevin Feige, and like the head of Disney theme parks, like the top three candidates to take Bob Iger's position. I would, I would probably put it the theme park person or Kathleen Kennedy. I would put either one of those ahead of Kevin Feige because Kathleen Kennedy, we know her primarily um, as running Lucasfilm now, and right, and you know having a lot to do with Star Wars. If you look at her career. She's been part of like so many other things, so many other great things that I think that decision would make more sense. Kevin Feige, love Kevin Feige. We know you're listening, Kev. We love you. Um, <laughs> has primarily just done this. 
and, and he's I know really that good at it. he's really good at it. And I don't want to say that in a minimizing way to what now he's what you're done. Saying. Running Disney but, is a much bigger. Yeah, that's like that's a lot. It's a big job. Yeah, he's not in that weight class yet. Sure, no, I, I feel you. Yeah, I'm just saying. But no, no, in any yeah. case, whoever it is, they might defer to a Kevin Feige or Kathleen Kennedy. So yeah. if Kevin Feige says, "Hey, let's hope," um, I want you to be my boss, but do me a favor, bring James Gunn back. Yeah, <laughs> could would, happen. That would be great. Could happen. I love it. Um, all right. So now, Drew. Uh, we've had a lot of discussions on the show about uh, fandom and oh the, yeah, it's great. The, it's just wonderful. Good, good people, fans. <laughs> How it's kind of um, gone through a change, definitely over the past ten years, even more so before that. Um, so these next two things we're going to talk about is really, really gonna gonna touch on that pulse oh boy i wasn't prepared to get angry today okay go ahead well i mean don't <laughs> don't get angry about it just you know i know Me? you see i know no. your secret is that you're always angry but um drew can you give the listeners at home a brief factual not editorialized factual description of what comics gate is dude i don't even know Honest to God, I don't even know. I've seen it come up a couple times. It's it's suddenly all over yeah. as a term being tossed around all over Twitter and everything right now. I don't know what started it. I don't know what it is. I know on the in the all I know, and I just assumed when I heard the term the term, mm-hmm. let me guess. Whining white male fanboys are upset over any non-white, non-male creators in the business. Am I close? You're not wrong. Okay, I had a feeling I was dead on. <laughs> you're you're not wrong. Um, it is a group, from what I understand, that put out a list of... They love their lists. Yeah, a list of creators and people in the industry who um, they... Do not want you to attack or anything like that. Oh, but sure. That, they, that, that's how I put out the list. They they do not want you to support them with your purchasing dollars. Okay. Because they feel they are... It's forced diversification. Ah. Um, yeah. 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 So that. this has become a thing. Apparently, uh, you know, unfortunately... We like our comics nice and white. Yeah. Yeah. Um... There, there's an artist involved with it who I, I was, I'm not going to say saddened to hear was involved with it because I do enjoy their work, but uh, disappointed to hear was, invo- was involved with it was uh, Ethan Van Syver, Skeever, whatever. I told you about him a long time ago. That guy's bad news. I, I knew that years ago. I know. And Grade A, I can't use the word on the air. He's not a good guy, and I've known that for a long time. And and typically I've I've... You know, kind of been able to separate the art from the artist, but you know, I there, with that. there are certain things that are a couple steps too far. Yeah, well, I'm not shocked. So, so, yeah. so I mean, so folks, whatever. if you like uh, diversity and inclusion and a better world for all, just ignore what Comicsgate is saying. I, I can't believe this is a thing. Give me a break. It, it's. It, it, Oh my god! It's comic books. 
Yep. The whole point of them is like escapist fantasy for the for the for the disenchanted and the and the disillusioned and the disenfranchised. Yep. Like who did you think this was for? There's well, okay. Any X Men fans that are, are talking like about Comics Gate? Step do they probably, not, can probably. They, do they not see the irony in, in stepping I can't I can't I can't dude. Oh stepping God. outside and kind of looking at the the big picture, for lack of a better term, the past ten years, we're experiencing a culture change in comics. Traditionally, comics have been an all boys club, yeah. as far as like creators, writers, you know, female participation. Yeah, no, was, you're not. You're not wrong. Was not very, wrong. and especially among the big two, diversity. They have their their bright spots, but few are those stars in the galaxy. Sure. Um, diversity's been an issue in comics. Pre- again, predominantly between Marvel and yeah, DC. No, you're, you're not wrong. Um, and and that, it's changing. That culture is changing. So anytime Great. you have massive, just like we're seeing in, in our country over the, I would say over the past 15 years, Anytime you have a massive shift in culture from what was traditionally considered the norm, yeah, for lack be, of a better phrase, be to a new norm, those who are comfortable in the old norm are going to rebel against the change. And unfortunately, in situations like this, it creates things like Comicsgate that we have to deal with. So... Dude, get used to change because yeah. that's life, man. No, I mean, I'm all for the change. I'm all for the diversity and inclusion. And it, you know, you see the diversity, you know, having worked at a comic shop for a time, you it's not like, yes, it is still majority. I don't say predominantly, but I say majority is still male. Sure. Yes. But... Again, with cultural change, we're seeing much more diverse scope of people coming into the comic shop to discover these characters. And it just makes sense to have something there for them. And it's not to say they're not going to pick up an issue of Superman or right, Iron right, right, Man. Right, 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 right. You know, it's, it's, but it, again, doesn't make sense not to have that, that diversity option for them. Comics are just the media, man. I mean, look at it from dollars and cents. Yeah. If I'm a shop owner, I don't care if I'm selling Superman comics or if I'm selling Squirrel Girl. If people are coming in and buying Squirrel Girl in droves, I'm making money. Yeah. Business is good. Comics yep. are good. Mm-hmm. And if people are enjoying those stories, then I'm going to tell them that they're, you know, no, Superman's better, girl. Dude, look. Yeah. You know? It just, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't it doesn't make sense. make sense to do that. No. And um, not to mention the, uh, the ultimate irony, like comics historically have also been a, a genre for nerds and you know nerds and geeks and in historic not anymore obviously because yeah. that's all pop culture now but when i was growing up and i'm sure the generation before me uh it was that it was that of the domain of the geeky and the the nerdy and the picked on the jocks and the, and the normies if you want to call them whatever you know what i'm saying yeah they look down at comics and yep. in a sense, comics were a security blanket for people that you know found comfort in you know the in comics from their from their daily routine of getting picked on for being into them in the first place. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. So, comics were this great escape. 
now the people that like the comics that use it as their great escape are now picking on other people. Yeah. Do you not see what you're doing? Yeah. Like, instead of being like, hey, I too was once shunned. Welcome. Come on board. The great adventure of comics with me. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, keep people out. Like, I can, okay. I can understand without condoning that reaction. I can understand someone like, okay, those who shunned me and persecuted me, I found this sanctuary. But now all of a sudden, those who used to shun me and persecute me, keyword being used to, are now coming into this domain and sanctuary. And no, this is this is my space. And the, again, not condoning it, understanding it. And by eh. like, just, just accept everyone. All right. Just, just be excellent to each other party on dudes yeah it's good advice yeah good advice so and this brings us to our last uh news thing of the week now something originally i didn't plan on really discussing it all because we've never really mentioned it on the show but i felt it kind of goes not totally hand in hand with the whole comics gate thing but Uh definitely um an issue of perception and representation in mass media mm-hmm. so earlier this week news came out that big bang theory was ending its run after <laughs> 12 seasons yeah and i did not watch it from the beginning there was like a chunk like two or three seasons that i watched with julie and i was entertained by it it was fine and then we kind of like cut the cable and then i went back to it like once we got like basic cable or whatnot, I caught a couple of reruns and you just kind of start to see the flaws in it and design of it, of how geek culture was represented in it. Yeah. And it's not, it's tough because like, I'm just the idea. I was kind of like looking at some clips online and the, the, the girls of the show, the, the three female characters went into a comic shop to try and understand why their significant others were so enthralled with comics. And they go into the comic shop and all that's in there is the stereotypical representation of a, well, what used to be the stereotypical representation of a comic book reader, you know, massively overweight, bald mouth breathing and there's like maybe a half a dozen and they're all guys and as soon as they walk in the store all the guys just stop and just ogle them and leer and leered <laughs> and it's just like no this this isn't you're not helping what it is anymore it's really it not. was it's, it's, it was that once yeah but those days are long gone. Look, and it it just kind of like I, I was trying to think like when's the last time that we had good representation of true geek culture and mass media thing? And the last thing I could think of was Clerks and Mallrats. That was the last thing I could really think of. Maybe Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, but I mean. There was, here's the thing, those, those kinds of characters were represented in those, in those as well. I mean, you know, I love Brody Bruce, but he is like the, um, he is beyond the pale geek to the point of like, 
like when he gets, you know, how's the comic collection, Brody? Oh, you know, hey, wait, what? Co- co- what? Comics? No, comics yeah. are for kids, lady. He gets all defensive about it, you know what yeah. I mean? So, you know, they're, it's, they're products of their time. But, by, but, but in fairness to, like, clerks and mall rats and stuff, they don't, uh, they don't talk down. At least I don't, well, do they? I don't want to say this without. I never felt like they were talking down to those people. They celebrate those people. Yeah, I would say they were talking down or talking up to them. They were just talking the same language. Yeah, and they certainly didn't, you know, um, oh, I don't know. They were. They felt more inclusive than 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 talking down to. And Big Big Bang Theory always felt like it was talking down to geeks. It was yeah. making them the butt of the joke as opposed to making them kind of like inclusive. And it's it's weird because like in the in the macro view of it, yeah, they were clinging to archetypes that don't. I don't want to say don't exist anymore, but for the majority part, aren't really as prevalent. No, look, look, the, but, the Avengers made, the, makes the, billions of dollars. It's everyone now. Yeah. We're all in on the train now. Yeah. doesn't matter who you are. But the funny thing is, like, for what I did watch of it, within the show, every now and again, they'd, like, get... There were some things they would get right. But it it just made me kind of, like want to see something where that is an accurate portrayal of geek culture. Hmm. Well, we we have Stranger Things. Those kids are geeky. And they're celebrated. Yeah, no. Nah, eh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking Stranger Things. I love me some Stranger Things. Um... Now, I'm thinking something more, like, set in the, the here and now. Oh, well. Stranger Things, I think, of more as an homage than... I mean, Spider-Man and Ned put together a Lego Death Star. They did. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I guess I'm probably thinking of something more like Big Bang Theory, but better. I don't know what that is. Yeah. So, I don't know. Strange. Put it this way. Big Bang Theory and Clerks and Mallrats... The characters we're talking about were treated as the other outsiders. Yeah. Okay. My point is, we're not outsiders anymore. It's just no. You're right. It's, yeah. It's just what it's, it's mainstream. It's now. just what it's just yeah. It's just what culture is. now. Yeah. So there's no need to single it out and poke at it because it's just it's just it's everyone now. Yeah. Cool. We're all here now together, and it's kind of cool. Yeah. And it's funny because um, uh, I guess one of the, I guess the main reasons that the show is stopping is Jim Parsons uh, doesn't want to do it anymore. Oh, good. Which, which is, that's fine. I get like, hey, I've done this for 12 years. I think it's time to, you know, move on there things. But I do need to take some acting lessons, maybe. I don't want to say that. Like, I don't want to try to be that guy about it. But, like, I've seen him in other things. And he's always just playing a slightly different version of Sheldon, like hidden, like hidden figure. You know, a movie Hidden Figures about the uh, the women in NASA program. Um, Taraji P. Henderson was in it. Okay, um, it was set in like the '60s. Really good movie, and Jim Parsons is in it too. As soon as he shows up and starts acting, I'm immediately seeing Sheldon. He's just playing a less smart Sheldon. I'm like. I guess he's doing a lot of Broadway stuff, and I hope he's better in that. 
you don't play someone on TV for 12 years and like, you know, you can't just turn it off. And, and, and not only that, it's hard for an audience to see you as anything but that. Yeah. Like, you know, I saw Jason Alexander on an episode of Law, or Law and Order SVU recently. Yeah. And like, he's got this long blonde hair wig on <laughs> and he's got like a beard and he's trying to like, it, but to me, I'm just like, George, what happened to you? Yeah. Because he's George. Seinfeld ended in 1998. He's still George to me. <laughs> He's a, he had a, a really great... He played a really good character in an episode of uh, Star Trek Voyager, I remember. Did he, he really? Yeah, he was kind of like a collector type, like grand collector wow. type person. It was, it was really... It was, he was cool. It was hmm. fun. All right. So, yeah. All right. So, that's the news. That's where we're Yay. at. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. And now the news is done. So, time to rustle papers. Am I the only one rustling papers again? Dude, it's all up here now. Mental. Rustle my one paper. It's enough. It gets the point across. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On to Jessica Jones, episode seven. Drew, the episode's called I Want Your Cray Cray. Yeah, that's... Uh that's 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 some kind of euphemism right there. <laughs> so this is like this is like the uh, the 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 this is like the um, the Jessica Jones equivalent of like the uh, when Homer met Marge episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, we get any possible question we might have had about Jessica's past. Yeah, kind of answered in this episode. Kind of. So, I, I, to be fair, I thought it was actually a pretty good episode. And it, it was it, it was interesting, and it definitely there was one scene that like horrified me, and we'll get to that in a minute. But like, if I'm gonna throw a, if I have to throw a flag, as I, I do the flag throwing motion at the, Carl in an audio <laughs> medium. <laughs> I think I know where this is going too. If I gotta throw, if I have to point out and yell and make fun of and chastise say, Scott Snyder, say for, boo to this man. Because we got another code origin. Yes! <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I don't I think knew it was coming. <laughs> as soon as I saw it the window, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> don't do this. Don't. Oh, you did it. Like, all right. Coat's got, the coat has an origin story. The coat has an origin story. I think there was something else. It's not like Daredevil suit, okay? Where we got to come up with like an in-universe reason why he has this thing. It's a coat. I don't need some deep reason why she wears a coat. Yeah. Yeah. That aside, it's a good episode. <laughs> it's a good episode. <laughs> aside from- I, saw, I saw the coat, man. I was like, oh, Scott Slater write this. Aside from the Batman Zero Year tangent. Um, so coat. yeah, we um, the coat. We see. I, I it's I was interested most to kind of see Trish in this episode. Yeah, because we see like a post Patsy. Well, to this point, we've only seen we we understand that she was a young child star. Yeah, and now she's a radio host, and it's kind of glossed over those those middle years. Yeah, like it's implied, but now we get to see those middle years, and oh, and dear. it's oh dear, like this episode kind of flushes out. More motivation behind her addictive nature. Yes. Yep. When she lets it out, which she has in the previous episodes with the the inhaler. Right. Um, 
but we just see her. She's. Do you remember music videos? I do. <laughs> I do actually. She could win a VMA. I remember those? I know they still do them, but like, who who watches them? I, I, I like why they're like. Yeah. We're we're getting to be old men on the porch yelling at the kids to get off our lawn, but no, no, it's fine. I mean, the VMAs were. Uh, to be fair, I always thought they were crap, so I'm happy that they are now irrelevant. Makes me smile. They always had great performances. Some, that's that's kind of why you watch them. Sometimes, yeah, sure, I, I guess. So, come on, man, Guns N' Roses with Elton John doing November Rain. That yeah, was awesome. You know. Anyway, I digress. Uh, like she's like Taylor Swift, but not kind of because this takes place before Taylor Swift would have been a, yeah. a thing. That's the thing. I was a little fuzzy on the she's timeline. She's like a Britney. Kind of this like is a probably Britney. like early two thousands. She's like a Britney with a slight Lindsay Lohan bend. Yeah, what, what with the drug abuse and all. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan is not getting a radio show anytime soon, though. So no. good, good, good job, Trish. Way yes. to way to pull out of that spiral. <laughs> way to way to avoid the curse of herpes. Yeah. A- anyway, something's going on there. Uh, so. Yeah, she she's got problems. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jess seemingly is like the well-adjusted one at this time. Yeah, like Jess is not the Jess we've grown to know and love. She's in college. She's in college. She's she's certainly you know she's not happy-go-lucky Jess, but no, she's just kind of like parents dead and whatnot. Yeah, parents are dead, and she's. But she kind of, I want to say, has an idea of who she is right now. Did she? Did she? Or did she not? She did. She turned away champagne at the premiere. Yeah, yeah, because she's, oh. she's not bubbly. No. Well, she was drinking like you know, real. Oh, okay. Alcohol. All right. Well, I was gonna say what an, what a, what an inversion of characters we had there. For yeah. Me. But um, yeah, just as like she's in college, she's you know. St- Studying and stuff, doing very unlike just stuff, um, and we kind of we see that you know Trish is kind of I don't want to say her meal ticket, but is providing financial support, yeah, for Jess. But I mean, with Trish, she's like, yeah, she's she's kind of fallen into she's post Patsy pre radio show host. She's a mess. Yeah, she's a mess. She's a mess. And it, the way they described it, like, she kind of got out of it, but then this opportunity came along to make an album, and that just, that just shoved her right back into it. Yeah. And mom is still, you know, around. Yeah. Mom around. is still the cancer. Um, so Jess meets a boy. Yeah, Sterling. 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 Not Archer. No. No. <laughs> um, he, he's a bartender. Yep. With a dream. As all bartenders are like to have of, of, an, of a nightclub, see Tom Cruise in cocktail, sure, of his own <laughs> club, his own bar, yep, where he can give free drinks to anyone he wants, anytime, without hassle, because yeah. that's how bars make money. A bar with an interesting name. I uh, see, yeah, it all. Another Snyderific moment. Alias. Alias. Club Alias. Club Alias. Um, which is not the worst name for a club. No, it's fine, perfectly fine. So. While all this is going on, uh, we find out that Jess's mom 
Yes. Survive the car track, car wreck. Yes. Kind and then of. We, and then we find in the beginning of the episode that the flashback that Jess had of a mo- being attacked by a monster, that was actually her mom. That's the scene that horrified me, dude. Yeah, she was, uh, she was very pizza-faced. Oh, my Lord. Toxic Avenger, like, times a thousand. Yes. Terrifying. Toxic Avenger done, like, seriously, intentionally frightening. I haven't been that horrified since I saw Mac and Me for the first time. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> the the weird, blanky parent aliens in that movie are, are terrifying if you're a child. They're terrifying as an adult. I was always amused by the uh, the porn doll face. Yes. On the yes. aliens. But just dad, all weird, his little gut walks all weird. <laughs> Dude, I've, I've seen clips of it recently. It's, like, it's, it's still terrifying. It's, oh my God, horrifying. That, that movie, I believe, this past week was 30 years old. Wow. Did you know, Mac and me diversion. <laughs> Mac and me tangents. <laughs> so, you know, remember the, remember the movie? I, I know you've seen it. Yes. Okay. Uh, the kid in the wheelchair is rolling up towards the gas station or wherever, whatever it was in the end there. And there's that big explosion. Yeah. And it kills him. And they, okay. and they bring him back to life, you know. Yeah. Did you know that in the original cut, that's not how he died? How, how they shot that? this. And it, the, the footage is out there. It's on YouTube. Originally, what the what the hell is going on? They, no one wants to hear about Mac me. Uh <laughs> Originally, he was shot by a police officer in the crossfire between... Jeez. Yeah, between uh, a weird uh, proportion beer gut dad alien and the cops. I think um, because another podcast I listened to with the 302010 podcast uh, brought to my attention that was this past week's 30th anniversary of Mac and Me, but also that it might have been like a large portion of it funded by McDonald's. Not directly, but yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Because, like, Ronald McDonald was in the trailer. Yep. Like, introducing the trailer. Uh, Remember when McDonald's was a thing? Like, it's, it's dude, McDonald's, like, McDonald's still is very much a thing. No, I mean, it is, but not what he, like, they had, like, clothing lines and toy lines, and it was, it was crazy. They're still, I mean, not like that, not like that yeah. but that's mostly because of, like, I would imagine legal ramifications of marketing to kids. Well, kid marketing is yeah. Been a whole, anyway, we're, we're off on a tangent. Yeah, we're, we're we just spoke Enough five about minutes about Mac and me. Um, so yeah, she's horrifying, and then over over a period of years, uh, uh hippie doctor. Yeah, and, doc- we, and we know he's hippie doctor because he has the Grateful, Grateful Dead, Dead shirt. shirt on. Then later he's got the Doors shirt on, and he uses phrases like "far out" and "groovy." Yeah. Yeah. He's not, but his character does not necessarily come off as a villain. No, no, he's helping. Methodology questionable, quite, but motives not horrible. No, I mean it's well intended, I suppose, and he does make a lot of progress. So, hang on, a question: Is yes. it implied, if not outright stated, and I just didn't quite understand? Uh, when he heals Jess's mom, right? And when she wakes up after the horrible scene of disfigurement. Yeah. And she's just bald and she says like gene therapy. So you replace my genes or whatever. And she looks at herself. Is it, am I supposed to take it that she doesn't look like Jess's mom anymore? Does she look different? I no. Oh, no, it's just 
waking up and being told you're disfigured and then looking in the mirror and seeing that you're just, you know, bald. Okay. Because she was much worse off. Yeah. She reacts like horrified, but it's like, lady, look, you were much worse than this. Yeah. I don't think she, well, we established children. Yeah. We established in the episode. She doesn't remember that. Okay. All right. So fair enough. Yeah. In any case. um, So yeah, motives are, are not terrible. Um, so he's re- you know rebuilding her and whatnot, and she eventually though demands to know what happened to her daughter. Yeah, and you know, well, obviously her other kid is dead, but she knows that Jess is alive, so she breaks out. Yeah, and kills a nurse. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and severely injures um, Inez. Yeah, put some some shards of glass into her back. Um, I think. One thing I think this episode does really well is it uses just one episode to show us how these characters that we've been following for a season and six episodes became the characters we've been watching. Yeah. They, they does it all in just like this one hour episode. And I think it does it really well because at the end of the episode, when they're sitting on top of the, the building, we see the Jess that we know now. Yeah. But we also see the Trish that we know now, or at least what's what, the, at least the beginning. Yeah, of the proto Trish. Yeah, proto. Um, so Jess and her boy are are doing well. Um, she reveals her powers to him, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah, she's much less careful about yeah. exposing her powers. Like she rips open an ATM. Like right they have the cameras screen. on them. Yeah. Um, so I don't... I think it's more the experience with Kilgrave that got her to almost like Killmonger. So finally got around to watching Black Panther again this past ah, week. Ah, okay. Um, I think it was more the experience with Kilgrave that got her to be more careful about who and how she reveals herself to. Okay. But she's still not like, you know completely careful about it um i like that they uh they have the same uh loft apartment as uh um cassandra from wayne's world yes <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think about that but as soon as you said it, like, it instantly saw. just saw uh, see mike myers rolling his gut yeah. <laughs> camera one camera, camera two. two camera, camera one, one camera, camera two. two anyway um so he's made apparently some bad business deals to invest in his little club. Yes. And uh, guys come looking for their money, and Jess beats them up. <laughs> kind of just more pushes than a full beating. Well, I mean, enough that they know that yeah. she's not to be messed with. Yeah. Here's where the timeline gets a little weird for me, Carl. Okay. I don't know how many years before... Um, the current series, all this is taking place. But when they meet again, these these gangster gentlemen and her boyfriend, they ask him if she can help them out uh, with some dirty business. Yeah. And then they ask, can she, you know, what else can she do? Can she fly? And they start, like, naming superpowers. So you're kind of wondering where this falls in the post Avengers timeline. Yes. It doesn't seem to add up to me. I don't I think know. we can assume it's 
post Avengers. It, it almost has to be, but like, not beyond that. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's absolutely pivotal to the the story. Kind of where no, but it, it. I'm just trying to put the pieces together. Or no, I get you. I get you. You know, I I, yeah. I I accept that these things are not necessarily. Uh, the MCU doesn't care about these shows as much as the shows has to care about the MCU, in other words. But I'd just like to know, okay, what's what's our timeline here? How how hip to superpowers are people yeah. in this in this world? Um but anyway, yeah. he agrees to oh yeah, she'll help you out. Yeah. Which Jess did not agree to because she was in the bathroom. Yeah, I mean he's probably just doing it primarily to get out of a situation without taking a beating. Sure. But dear old mom over overheard all of this transaction yeah justice services and she yeah. does not take kindly to she's it. got a little bit of mood swing problem now a bit yeah a bit so um sterling uh has his head thrown into a brick wall several times by mom yes resulting in his death yes yeah mom you're not helping no no. Moms aren't helping on this show, are they? No, they're really they're not. Um, so yeah, we see in this episode we see these two characters at their absolute lowest. Yes, like Jess when she discovers Sterling, and then Trish in the men's room at the club. Well, it's almost like a uh, again, Je- Je- Jess and Trish. They they keep zigzagging. Across divergent paths with each other. Yeah. So Trish, wild party girl, life's a mess. Jess in school gets boyfriend, life's okay. By the end of the episode, Trish snaps out, starts the beginning of her new sober life. Jess, uh, boyfriend dead, trust eroded, probably on the path to her drinking yeah. and yada yada. So the... Back and forth. They they can never both they, just be okay together they for take very long. turns being the irresponsible <laughs> Right, right, right. So, yeah, um, this was a good episode. Ended on a, on a mean right hook. Yeah. Mom said sorry in, in the present day, and Chess says, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, no. I, do you think she told her that she killed Sterling? I just assume that. Because I, I was I, trying to remember, and I can't remember if it comes up again. I, I took it to understand that she did, based on the framing device of the episode, but maybe not. I don't know. So, yeah. But she did kill that guy in the in the van that Jess was implicated in the murder. Yeah. So, if nothing else, Jess did have just cause for punching her in the face. Yes. Or some cause. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you got anything more on this episode? Just kind of... Ah, no, no. The show continues to be, uh, interesting. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think we're good. Still hate her mom. Trisha's mom. Oh, yeah. She's a cancer. She's the worst. She... She is the worst. Yeah. She's just a terrible human being. Basically. Yeah. Alrighty. So, 
That does it for another episode of The Devil's Due. We thank you again, dear listeners, for joining us. If you would like to reach out to us and communicate with the show or share our announcements of new episodes and anything we post, you can do so at the following locations. You can follow us on Devil's Due Pod, at Devil's Due Pod on Twitter. You can go to facebook.com slash Pod and give our page a like. You can email us at thedevilsdupod at gmail.com or you can find all these resources available, I can talk, to you on our website, thedevilsdupodcast.com. Drew, any closing statements? All I found is that Zangief based his spinning uh, clothesline on Hagar's. Okay. But I couldn't find anything else about training specifically. But I could I swear I remember reading that like in the instruction manual or something like that for Street Fighter Two. So I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I I just realizing we missed a news story. Oh. Um, just really quickly, uh Matt Smith has been cast in Star Wars episode nine. The guy with the weird face? The one of the Doctor Who's The guy with the weird face. Yeah, okay. It's not not weird face. Yeah, weird face. I mean they're I mean it's not a weird face. A weird face. <laughs> so we we who's have, he playing? Huh? Who's he, who's he playing? Uh, they said it's a significant role, but what does that gonna, what does that even mean? They're not going to come out and tell you who he's playing. Okay. So alrighty. Yay. Okay, folks. You have yourself a good weekend. You're off on more on uh, Labor Day. Hope you enjoyed. Talk to you all later. Courts adjourned. Mm-hmm.